and welcome to the 100th episode of Opera Offstage. Woohoo! 100, baby! I cannot believe it. <laughs> it is really crazy. I can't believe that we're here, that we made it, that we've been doing this for three years. Truly insane. So today is going to be all about just kind of a behind-the-scenes look of, of Opera Offstage. And exactly, I, I guess, a how did it get made... <laughs> How we did it. I mean, if you think about it, three years, Jesse, we're, we're one year shy of an undergraduate no. degree. How dare um, you? And we're one year past a grad degree. <laughs> so the dedication is I feel is like it's real. closer to one year away from a high school diploma, but I'll take it. <laughs> so we've got some fun moments to share, and I've got some complaints to lodge about the audience. Uh, so let's just jump in. Oh, my. <laughs> so first of all. Wow, what a, what a great way to start. <laughs> She's like, I have some stories and I have I some do. complaints. I have some complaints. It's not most of you guys, to be fair, um, because most of the complaints are about people who clearly didn't listen to the episode. But so to really get this story going, I think we have to go all the way back to why did the podcast happen in the first place? And that's a little bit of a tricky story. It was 2019 and Michelle and I had both finished our master's degrees and I was just getting started with all my bartending stuff. And I had always wanted to kind of break into some kind of media, whether it be YouTube or podcasting or something. And I just wanted to feel like I was staying engaged with music while I was doing other things. And so I reached out to Michelle because Michelle had been working on a like Instagram presence for her as a singer. And I really like that. And Michelle and I have also worked together before, though not in the capacity we do now. And so I reached out to her. I was like, hey, I have an idea to make a podcast about all the stuff nobody tells you about music school and being a musician and like a, a handy guide that I wish I had had when I was going through it. Are you interested? And you were immediately on board. Oh, yeah. Well, I just I always like to whenever we tell this story, I always like to remind everybody that the way that this conversation was presented to me was an ambiguous and mysterious text from Jesse in oh December 2019 that was like, I have a business proposition for you. We'll talk about it That's soon. And I was like, the exact message. You cannot text <laughs> me something so juicy and enticing and then just like leave me with crickets. I was so nervous about like making this proposal to you because it was so much work. We didn't live in the same state and you know it's different being good friends and working on productions together and it's different running your own business but thank goodness you did come on because the reality is is like having an idea and executing it are two very different things and it would have taken me a full extra year to launch the podcast if Michelle hadn't agreed to be the partner. Because I am so slow on the pickup. I'm like, well, I've got to do some planning. And then I got to make plans about those plans. And then I've got to do more research. Uh, and we had always planned to to launch in March of 2020. And for most of you, you know why that ended up being absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But that's kind of the birth of Opera Off Stage. I remember it was kind of this amazing idea that Jesse had and approached me with. And we had kind of gone back and forth about what, um, you know, media would best suit the kind of conversations and the kind of content that um, we were looking to create. And we settled on a podcast and then branching into video content. And now, you know, we're a podcast, we're an Instagram, we're a YouTube, we're a Discord. Like, it's kind of crazy. And it's been just such a such a fun ride. Yeah, but 
it all came out of a desire to stay engaged in our industry and also provide resources that we really wanted to have. And you know what? I would say overall, we very much achieved that. We've created this long dialogue over the course of three years, and it has not been without its bumps and hiatuses. <laughs> and <laughs> it's absolute crazy cross-country moves. You know, getting into the nitty-gritty of it, why don't we talk about some of our favorite moments of opera offstage? <laughs> yeah, for three years of our lives that we've been doing this basically every week, there's <laughs> some moments that have happened. <laughs> I just I just want to acknowledge that Jesse does a great job of editing. Um, she handles everything kind of back of house and I handle everything kind of front of house, so to speak. And it's just incredible the amount of just strokes that I like just me losing my mind while trying to speak on the podcast that Jesse has had to edit out, whether I'm just like not making any sense or I say something like and pronounce it completely wrong like just the amount of editing <laughs> that jesse has had to do for me being like wait can i get another take of that that didn't make any sense <laughs> it's so funny because every once in a while if i was really tired while editing i would just take every time michelle said like and i would compress it into a single file <laughs> and it's not a thing that bothers me in michelle's speech day to day but when you're suddenly listening to it and realizing that you kind of need to cut them down just a little bit to make it more listenable suddenly it becomes your least favorite thing on the planet but we both have strokes because you know what else i have to edit all the time you don't realize how bad you are at pronouncing things until you suddenly have like a list a mile long of names that are in languages that you don't speak and you're trying to find reliable guides mm -hmm. on those pronunciations there are operas i've never said aloud and i have to stop and say michelle wait how do i what is what do i <laughs> It's so oh good. my gosh. And speaking, you know, well, that we'll get into some, some specifics of those. Um, but one of my favorite moments on the podcast has to be when we were opening, you know, we do our little, you know, hi, I'm Jesse and I'm Michelle. And one day we were we were doing the intro and Michelle introduced herself as Jesse. And that has always been one of my favorite moments. First of all, excellent naming from our episode, <laughs> Merry Christmas, little mama. Incredible. <laughs> Oh, first of all, we put Christmas music over this, which is also a good idea. All right, so this is from our episode, Merry Christmas, Little Mama. Well, Christmas music intro. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Opera Offstage. Merry Christmas, you guys. Happy holidays. What a festive time to be living right now. My name's Jessie. My what? <laughs> I'm literally looking... <laughs> I'm literally looking at your name. Empty. <laughs> all of that. All of the happy Christmas, you guys. Oh my, my god. god. Happy holidays. I'm Jesse. Why do I sound like that? Why do I sound like a Hallmark commercial? Oh my god, Dude, I was so you into sound it. Like an ad. It's a little ad. Oh my god. That's Hallmark so bad. Christmas movie attitude. I got a stolen identity for Christmas. I know. Oh my gosh. I'm so into the festivities that it's so true the confidence level it, with which i introduce myself as you is unmatched <laughs> that's a, a little bit unhinged really because you so do, unhinged like, i'm jesse and i'm like oh it's happy holidays it's everyone so good i'm jesse wait no i'm not <laughs> But this also, oh, this episode yeah. also reminds me that we have a long-running streak of still not being able to name all eight reindeer. Oh, yeah. I still can't name them today. 
No, and you know what? I'm never going to learn them because it's more fun to every year see if you can remember what the 12 days of Christmas are and what the A ranger. Yeah. Uh, we'll never know. Uh, but yeah, it is a beautiful moment where with all confidence, you just say that you're me. Goodness gracious, that is And rough. it happens sometimes because sometimes you're looking at what's written on the page and you're just like, this is what I'm reading. Yeah, I was I was looking at your name and I just it just flew out of me. <laughs> the other really, really fantastic one was our food debate era. Oh, my God. Probably our See, most unhinged time on this podcast. I have a long-standing thing with Michelle where I will just bring up just the most heinous food opinions that I can find and debate them with her. Just to upset me. Just There's no other her. purpose than just to upset me. So we're going to play a little highlight from the episode where we decided to do a little food debate at the top. Cereal soup. Don't. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, is cereal soup? No, of course it's not soup. How is it not soup? It's not hot. Not all soups are hot. Gazpachos aren't hot. Don't talk to me about gazpacho. <laughs> you know <laughs> cereal's not a soup. How is it not a soup? <laughs> because it's not. You you gonna are you really gonna tell me that fruity pebbles is a soup? Yes. I will I'm I'm, I'm so mad. <laughs> You're already so mad at me. <laughs> My body is filled with tension. <laughs> The fun fact, the let me just expose myself. Please do. I okay. Listen, I know that I am the minority in this aspect, but I one hundred. Oh no, Michelle's stand... gonna talk about the wrong way that she pours her cereal. <laughs> Is milk first, then cereal? That's it's just it's just the way, and I'm so Absolute sorry to tell you monster. the majority that you guys are just not doing it right. Like you're really missing out on the joys. Of milk first, cereal second. The most important thing to me in a bowl of cereal is having the right amount of cereal. So I, I really can't decide that until I pour the cereal. So I can't really put my milk first. It's unfortunate, Jesse. It really is the way. But cereal is a soup. It's not a soup. <laughs> what I love about this clip is it really goes back and forth. Because I come in strong with cereal as a soup. And you're like, is a bowl of Fruity Pebbles a soup? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, honestly, then you hit everyone with the monstrous way you pour your cereal. We might have to make a sticker out of "Don't talk to me about gazpacho." <laughs> Don't talk to me about gazpacho. <laughs> this is second only to my reverse opinion that uh, tomato soup is a smoothie. I just all of your takes are so bad. They're is just so bad. Is a tomato a fruit? A tomato is a fruit, but the idea. I mean, like, I know that you still, like, kind of drink tomato soup, right, with a spoon, but the idea of drinking it out of a cup, like, instantly makes what would be good disgusting <laughs> to me. <laughs> absolutely not. The container not. is everything. The container is everything. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely not. Fruity pebbles are not <laughs> a soup, Jesse. And about gazpacho. I know somewhere deep down in your soul, you know, fruity pebbles is not a soup. <laughs> She's just trapped. I mean, I guess some people would make the argument it might be a stew. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, I actually think the worst thing that conversation that ever happened. We were Listen. talking about pre-audition meals. And I was like, oh yeah, I usually stick to stuff like the brat diet. Bread, bananas, 
Well, bananas sometimes make me kind of like gross. Like a little. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they make me kind of like phlegmy in a way that bread doesn't. So I would suggest for me personally. That's bread. wildly bizarre. Really? Yeah. Don't you feel like the creaminess of bananas just like kind of makes your throat a little creamy? Not <laughs> in the slightest. And I hate the way you describe that. And I will uh, never be able. I will never ask you about bananas again. And in many ways, the bread diet has personally victimized Michelle. Um, she's had rice up her nose. My God. Yeah. Uh, I have and if you don't long... know what the bread diet is, it's just if you are having stomach issues, it's technically speaking safe foods, bananas, rice, applesauce, toast. Uh, but I was like, oh, yeah, bananas are, like, just such an easy and quick thing, and they fill you up, and they're, like, really good for energy, um, but they won't make you feel sick. And Michelle just immediately hits me with, like, I don't like that. It makes my throat feel all creamy. It does. Okay, it does. Maybe maybe not that adjective. <laughs> it feels that creamy. That is the most absurdly, unintentionally <laughs> sexual thing you've ever said on the podcast. But it's true. And it bothers me deeply that you don't recognize it. <laughs> But it, but it's a fact. Like the next time no, you have a banana, is it is. You. No, see, this is why I like to eat bananas that are like a little unripe, because unripe bananas don't do the same thing. A like perfectly or overly ripe banana, cream zone, absolutely not. Nope, can't do it. You can't say words like that together. <laughs> yes, I can't. Say cream zone, Michelle. I don't know what to tell you here. It's just too creamy, gets stuck in the throat, then I can't sink, because then I gotta go drink some water. Then I'm choking on my water. Issues. Issues galore. Rice up my nose. You pain <laughs> me. You pain me in so many ways. Love you. But yeah, I would say the other thing is, in general, so I just have a gigantic file of things that I've cut from various episodes uh, and I'm going to be mashing up some of my favorite moments from that to to post online, including what I also call the like files. Oh, my. This has literally been going on since the actual start of our podcast, since like episode one. We've had a number of strokes individually where we have just beefed it. <laughs> Absolute beef. Just, just words don't work. Words aren't happening. Mm mm. Happens often for us, too. <laughs> the best is when neither of us realize it until I'm doing the edit. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I have to fix this somehow. Yeah, we just roll on through. So I'm going to uh, put together a fun little compilation to show off just how many times we do it wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Another top, like, three moments for me is um, we don't really swear in our podcast episodes. And... um like one time and maybe the only time that it's ever happened jesse dropped an f-bomb and my dad very selectively kind of like listens to our podcast every once in a while and thought that i had cursed on the podcast and if you know me like in real life i really don't swear um and <laughs> my dad was like shocked and appalled <laughs> he was like oh my god <laughs> he was like you should edit that out i've never heard you say that before and i was like it, it was so funny and i i selectively will curse on the podcast especially if i'm heated about something and i think that one was very specifically about like a bad teacher or something like that but i <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard because of all the people i realize that michelle and i sound a little bit similar um, and you never realize how similar you sound until you realize that people who don't know you don't know the inflections of your voice or how exactly you speak. And so it's easy to miscomprehend. But your father? 
who knows i know both my own us. dad like to be was- clear her dad <laughs> has met me like we we know each other it's not like he's never heard my voice before so either funny. oh my goodness crazier than all of that is how many of you have listened to it week to week to week over the course of a hundred yeah. episodes there are eighteen thousand downloads about uh, 18,300 at this moment. And that's, just for the record, is prior to the publishing of episode 99 and 100. <laughs> so we have probably will see that change, actually, over the course of the week. It'll probably be closer to right around 18,500. Which means, on average, we have 185 listeners per episode. Which, over the course of all podcasts, may seem small, but I can't imagine a, like around 200 people sitting in a room with me every single week listening to me for an hour. It's it's crazy. It's, it's so funny because this is something that has been a recurring thing of the entire time that we've been doing this podcast where just as, you know, downloads and, and ratings naturally come as you continue to publish content it's just mind-boggling that anyone listens to us and not even in like a self-deprecating way it's just podcasts are such a dense medium and there's so much going on and there's so many other qualified people to be speaking and like so many other cool podcasts so just the fact that we have an audience at all is and that an audience that's so kind and so um you know incredibly supportive and and ready to engage is just like an absolute dream come true so it's pretty crazy. Something that we always like to do, you know, like, honestly, I feel like we remember to do this about once a year is to just kind of check in with our stats. It's just really funny because, you know, 8K downloads came from the United States, like 500 came from Canada, another 500 from the UK, from Germany, Australia. So it, Sweden, it's it's insane. Like you guys are literally all over the place and that is so exciting for us it was also really fun looking at our our top 10 most downloaded episodes because our first episode on self-advocacy is still by far our most downloaded episode and i'm still really proud of that i still think that that holds up today but the thing that i love that gives us great insight about our audience is that our top 10 is pretty much a mixture of self-help a couple like career advancement type things and then like a lot of gossip And I really like that. That tells me everything that I need to know about you guys and why we love you. Exactly. Just absolute dream team. But you know what? You guys have engaged with all kinds of stories from like the write-ins to the gossip episodes to the, you know, I mean, I can't believe that so many of you guys listen to art and politics. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that means a lot to me. Those episodes are hard and scary. to prepare i i think we don't ever really get into it but like getting into some of the behind the scenes kind of stuff i every time we put an episode together that is on a group that i don't necessarily belong to or is tackling a a topic that can be as controversial or difficult as say ukraine i i am scared to death about saying the wrong things about doing the enough research about you know advocating in a way that i feel is authentic (laughs) so that we are constantly scared yeah it's been really interesting because this podcast has been a very eye-opening experience and I think anytime that you create content and put it out for other people to consume um, you put yourself in a really vulnerable position um, and you obviously open yourself up to 
a lot of criticism and a lot of that, you know, people say straight to our face. And then a lot of people just, um, you know, will leave us like a one star review or something like that. And it's very interesting to see the way that people engage with with content. But it really doesn't ever get any less scary because when we tackle big topics, you know, we want to do them justice and we want to, you know, convey our points the best that we that we can with the most research that we can but it's always it's always still a little spooky to you know open yourself up to criticism and um you know just getting it wrong sometimes which is why we have like our little corrections corner and stuff and so we definitely know that we're not the definitive journalism nor do we try to be on a lot of these things but i think that it's important that you know musicians at any level and at our level are you know, engaging and not letting things kind of just slide under the rug. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good way to transition into some of our best and worst ideas for the podcast. So starting off on like best ideas, definitely our write-in episodes, I think, were some of our best ideas because it was very fun to essentially get to collaborate with you guys and tell your stories because everyone's everyone's experience in the music world is so different. And especially for us, our our experiences are obviously very American. Michelle and I went to the same undergrad. Like we we don't have incredibly different experiences going through music school. So getting to talk to you guys about crazy moments, great moments, moments your teachers let you down, moments your teachers helped you up and getting to share those stories and hear your feedback is so much fun for us. Um, in the world of our worst ideas, I hate to say this, but Patreon was one of our worst ideas. <laughs> it brought about a lot of really great stuff. It brought about our worksheets and our Valentine's Day cards. And it pushed us as content creators. It brought our minisodes, which were so fun to write because they were topics that wouldn't have made it into a normal episode. Um, and we may look at releasing those into the wider public in the future. But the reality is, is that Michelle and I both have full-time jobs. We are also musicians and we are also content creators. There are not enough hours in the day between the two of us to consistently keep a Patreon updated by ourselves. It was something that weighed on us tremendously. And even when we had an outside audio editor for... Hi, Veronica. <gasps> Shout out, Veronica. Um, <laughs> she was fantastic, by the way. She learned software. I, I self-taught myself my audio software, and then I had to teach someone else how to use it. And she was a champ. A true champion. <laughs> so, a dream come true. Yeah. But the reality is, is that that's just too much work. And we weren't willing to admit that to ourselves for a long time. Our Patreon still exists. It now exists functionally as just a way to support us without the tier rewards and everything. Because realistically, we realized yeah, we just couldn't the Patreon was keep up with that pace and continue to live our lives. Wrong time yeah, in our I've careers. Lost a lot Maybe of that's sleep something over that we'll Patreon, come back to in the future. But for now... <laughs> It's just a, a way to support us. Yeah. Way to help out. <laughs> so what are what are some of your favorite um, episodes that we've done or maybe like types of episodes? Oh, probably. I mean, Halloween episodes are always a favorite for me and always one of the first things I'll point people to if they're non-musicians who want to listen to the podcast for the first time. But outside of that, it's the really personal episodes. So, for example, last week's episode was what does it mean to be an artist? 
And that was really personal to me. That was something that I've been pondering and thinking on and adjusting my life in order to be more in line with my beliefs. So that and like the imposter uh, syndrome episode, those things that hit really close to home that I think really help people. Uh, the self-advocacy episode. I think it's a cross between our big storytelling and our really, like, it hits home episodes that really get to me. Uh, For me, a lot of our story episodes are some of my favorite. And I would say the general consensus, and I think I can speak for Jesse, is that um, our Halloween episodes, our Valentine's episodes. Oh, yes. Those two categories specifically, I feel like we look forward to all year (laughs) and we're kind of brainstorming all year our our first halloween episode murder black magic and missing heads is probably still one of my all-time favorite episodes we've ever done and i'm always chasing that high (laughs) um but there's just a lot of uh, of really fun things i also have always really enjoyed our interview episodes i think it's really fun whenever we get a chance to bring um you know, different perspectives and different stories onto the podcast and kind of just learn from from different people. But it's also just funny because as many episodes have gone out, there's also almost as many episodes that are either in drafts or we decided to drop. And you want to you want to go through a couple things that, that haven't or didn't make the cut? Ooh, OK, so I actually lost a bet in a YouTube episode that I never got to editing. So Michelle and I did a competition. I I can't remember what the website is, but we had to remember as many composers as possible. And I did one less than Michelle. (laughs) And I still have. So the deal was that I had to wear the leggings from our Bad Music Products episode. They're these hideous black and white leggings that have like, you know, clefts. And I still have them and I will take a picture in them this week. I will put it in the Discord. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I lost by one. And I was furious about it because I was, I was, I don't have the best recall, but I was like, I probably can just like at least beat Michelle. Wow. See how low her bar is for Sorry. me? And then, then I swoop in and beat her. <laughs> I know. She did. She was singing all of the things the other, while she was trying to remember the names of the composers too, which was particularly funny. Because I was upstairs listening. There's, there's a couple of videos that we've filmed over the years that we haven't that we haven't released. There's that one. There's um. We're probably gonna redo this one, but we have been working and tried to film twice now an episode of Guess Who with composers, where all of the questions are subjective. So, like, would I party with this person? Does this person have any bops in their repertoire? And Michelle's phone is cursed and it won't let her give me the video to edit. <laughs> it's it's like too HD and too large of a file to download off of my phone. It's crazy. So I have like one half of the video. <laughs> <laughs> so we're probably just going to reshoot it to be fair and just do it all with cameras. But it was a very funny thing and I, it kills me. But, but without half the video, I can't do it. I know. We'll have to re-record that um, one because that was that was really, really fun. It was so good. And honestly, it's going to be just as good this time around because with the subjective questions, you never know. Because there were a couple where we got to the end and I was like, what do you mean? I know, we just start arguing. What do you mean this? <laughs> we, we argue about what, like, you think I would party with that guy? How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what the beef was, but I remember we got into a very heated fight over um, Philip Glass. <laughs> yeah. No, I said, does, do they have any bops? And 
You said yes. And I like Philip Glass, <laughs> but I would not put him on at a party. Yeah, I was thinking like a different kind of bop, but you know. <laughs> Michelle lives in a different world for her. She's putting, putting on Einstein at the beach at the party. Exactly. Don't don't give Michelle the ox cord. She doesn't know. <laughs> so we realize that a lot of you guys have been with us kind of since the beginning. So we kind of wanted to share some some super fan segments, so to speak, of, you know, things that we've never talked about on the podcast and just some of the early kind of bumps that we hit when we first launched the podcast. And I guess we can start at the very top. You want to tell the audience about our first recording? So our first recording happened. We we were supposed to do our first recording in January of 2020. And I flew out to do this in person with Michelle because we were just going to do our first recording together. By the way, no idea how I was going to set up the audio equipment. No idea how we were going to do it. Just living on a prayer. I brought video <laughs> equipment. I brought lighting. I there in January 2020 and I immediately lose my voice just gone I also have an opera audition by the way which I could not do I could I was supposed to audition for opera neo I no vocal cords like I tried everything Uh, but the whole the entirety of that had to be scrapped we did not record anything that day and we had to rethink all about how we were going to record, which ended up being good because we came up with the method that we use now to record at a distance. And but, but boy, was that stressful. All of that travel, all of that work, all of that preparation only to be unable to shoot anything. But it also was our first branding shoot. So we did manage that, which was also nuts. Because he, let me tell you a little secret. OK, Michelle did modeling. <laughs> I do not like cameras. That's not true. But I've never been a particularly photogenic person. I, every step of the way I'm looking at Michelle, I was like, you have to help me. I was like, I don't know how to pose. I don't know what my body looks like on a camera. And we got there. We did. Those photos look good. I'm proud of them. But boy, like you don't realize that you don't know how to pose until you're in front of a camera and you see reflected back the thing that you think looks good actually looks quite awkward. And that's, you know, that's life. But I was laughing. I was like, Michelle, you can't abandon me here. <laughs> yeah, I coached her. She looked great. But boy, was it so stressful. Kind of a weird factoid about our first branding shoot is we had picked out a couple places down in L.A. that we had wanted to shoot at. So what do I do? I grab one of my best friends, Grace. So shout out to Grace. I throw her in the car. Yeah, Jesse was in the car with us, too. And we're driving down to go to these places. We're driving along the 101 at like, I don't know, 9, 10 a.m. And... We get to our first spot and all of our phones start going off because Kobe has just crashed in the plane and in Calabasas where we had just driven past like 30 minutes, 20 minutes prior to the crash. And we were like, what? (laughs) It was the trippiest, craziest, weirdest thing ever because we had just driven by and it was such a sad day. But then when we were also like, okay, well, we have to finish up our shots and it was it was such a weird 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 time you know what my other the other funniest memory about this is was not too long after my boyfriend asked was talking about like visiting one of his friends his friend's a girl and he was mentioning that they got an air mattress because they would wouldn't share a bed very fair understandable however he was like yeah but he's like i wouldn't share a bed with any of my friends and i was like oh michelle and i sleep in the same bed all the time when we're traveling together and he was like what and i was like yeah of course we do i mean (laughs) and it was the funniest back and forth because like i said i can totally understand if you have a friend 
who's not comfortable sleeping in the same bed. But I was like, yeah, but you totally can. What's with guys not wanting <laughs> the snugs? I Honestly, yeah. I vividly remember you flying out for that first thing, losing your voice. And I think I like went downstairs to get a snack, came back up to my room. And you were like just crouched on the floor like with your steamer. <laughs> Like dressed desperately trying to oh my summon back your voice. So hard. So <laughs> that medications, teas, yeah, everything. Totally. It's, it's etched it into my mind. The most impossible. And I thought for a while that that was actually my first COVID case, but it definitely wasn't. I got tested and everything. Oh, what a nightmare. So yeah, as in true fashion, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. It was also my first experience doing like influencing because we were going to all these very popular photo spots in LA, you know, and you're taking pictures on the street in front of people. And it was very fun and very scary. But the other big thing we did in our first year was because Michelle and I were not in the same place and that makes it hard to make certain types of content, we planned a content cabin. So at the time we had a cabin out in North Carolina And I was going to travel out there with my mom and Michelle and I made a plan to go and film there. And that is where both of our YouTube videos were filmed. Like I said, we filmed some other stuff there. We wrote a bunch of episodes. We took some photos. Did lots of photo shoots. We filmed our first TikToks there with these crazy transitions. We took ghost photos in an abandoned gas station. And it's easily just like such a great memory of working together and having such an incredible time. It was literally like my dream work retreat because we had like really three full days and we had to record just and work on an ungodly amount of content. And we freaking did it, which was insane. And we still had days where we could like go out and explore and have fun. And yeah, it was really, really great. Not to mention like we're working, we're working with whatever cameras my family already owned. Uh, lighting equipment that I had gotten off of Amazon, audio equipment that I hadn't used yet. Like it was, everything was so risky. The fact that anything usable came out of that weekend is an absolute miracle. And, but of course the favorite story from that particular trip was that Michelle and I were, like I said, taking more photos, taking cute stuff. And there was this older bench that was next to a pond and Michelle took some pictures on it and everything. And I was like, oh, here, I'm going to take some pictures in it. And I'm wearing this little black dress and these like high red docks, like a big heel on them. And I'm sitting on it and I go to adjust myself and I go off the just the front edge of the bench onto the bench. And I immediately fall all the way through. <laughs> and Michelle does not. I, I, I am immediately laughing. And so is Michelle. And she doesn't even get to the question, are you okay for a hot second? Because she is laughing so hard at me for having just completely fallen through. It was just, it was something. It's a fantastic picture. It was something out of a cartoon. Just like the way that you fell. Because you simultaneously fell so fast and also in complete slow-mo. And like, <laughs> it was just the fact that like, the surrounding parts that she wasn't sitting on were completely intact and just the middle had completely given out. So she just folded like a lawn chair and I was like crying, laughing. And then finally I came around and my friend's senses returned to me and I was like, are you okay? And we pulled her out. And of course it's yeah, fine. she was okay. I mean, mostly I'm sitting there, but like there's also a sense of shock. So for the first couple of seconds, like I'm not sure if I've been stabbed by an old piece of wood or something. I'm just laughing and I'm like praying. I think I just shredded some tights. I had like a couple of scratches, but it was nothing serious. But oh my gosh, was it just like a perfect stupid moment? It was glorious. One day we'll post the pictures of that 
because I of course I made her stay there while I took a photo. I don't know, maybe we need to do a, we need to do another content getaway for sure. Yeah, it's so fun. It's uh it's a really good time. It's uh it's just so fun. And I think something that always makes me laugh is I think something that always pops up in the kind of the podcasting world in general is um if you have two hosts and they're supposed to be friends, people are always like speculative as to whether it's really just a working relationship or if you're, they're actually friends. And I really don't think that anybody could ever doubt that you and I are genuine friends. <laughs> because It's funny just... because the reality is, like, we've always been close. Like, I, I traveled to see Michelle's grad recital and everything. And, like, even we weren't in constant contact during grad school. But, like, we maintained our friendship for sure. But we have gotten so much closer over the time that we've done this podcast because we were talking every day. And, like, Michelle, I called Michelle late last night just to talk about some Oscars nonsense. Oh, yeah. And it's it's so funny because... She's my go-to when I've got a rant. Well, it's also funny because I think that... I was thinking about this last night after you called. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't think that Jesse and I, since we started the podcast, have gone more than, like, three days max without talking. It feels so weird if we do. Like, there's been times where maybe it's been a little bit closer to a week, and it feels so strange yeah and then we talk on the phone for like three hours as if we haven't talked to each other in years but it's only been like a week it happened yesterday we were we were recording (laughs) and the recording probably took an hour and then we chatted for another two hours yeah there's just always something to talk about and now now we not only have a podcast together but I, I also help out with the the Coral Society. So we're just, we've really linked our lives up in a way. I straight up told Michelle, I was like, if you move out of California, let me know. I'll figure out a way to find you. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. It's also just so funny because I feel like in all of our years of friendship, we've never really had a fight. We just get along, no. get along very well. <laughs> so let's Let's get into a behind the scenes moment. We obviously took a lot of break time in 2022. And the reality of that is, is that life changed, we were busy, and I was so overloaded with work. Part of the reason I left California was that I had so much work on my plate all the time that I couldn't keep up. The life I was living just didn't allow me the time to edit and focus on writing and making episodes. And so it was just, you know, I had one episode on my plate for almost five months. (laughs) That's part of the reason it works kind of better at, at the distance. And it's not that working near each other didn't work. It's that California was expensive and taking a toll on my mental health. (laughs) <laughs> well, it was also an interesting time for Opera Stage because I feel like last year, especially kind of coming out of our hiatus, we had some honest conversations about whether or not we even wanted to keep Opera Stage alive or if we had kind of accomplished our mission and just kind of wanted to wrap things up. I won't speak for you, but I'll speak for myself where I had kind of come to a point where I was like, yeah, I think that Opera Stage has, has run its course. I think that keeping it going is just going to be too much time and effort than than it's worth. And it was funny because during that hiatus, I feel like I totally did a, um, a 180. And I was like, actually, no, I'm not ready for this to be over. And I think that there's still plenty of, of things that we want to accomplish with it before, you know, maybe we will close it down. And we had a lot of honest conversations. And I'm excited. I think that we kind of picked apart what was working for us, what wasn't working for us. And I think, you know, probably since we first started it, I feel like Opera Offstage has more of a direction and more has more clarity of what it is that we want to do with it than than ever. So we're, we're, in, a, we're in a really good spot now. Yeah, I think that's kind of thing. And, you know, it kind of leads me into some of the lessons we've learned over the course of this podcast. 
And one of those things was always being honest with each other. Like throughout the time of the hiatus and everything, it wasn't just me. We were both very busy. But but I always was honest with Michelle about like, I'm struggling to get this done. Or the fact that when I do video edits, if I'm doing the heavy editing that I did on our first two videos, it takes almost an hour per minute that is going to be published. It's a very time intensive work or when I'm feeling guilty about not having been able to finish a project or work on the outline or you know do something that I said I would do it is the ability to always be honest with the people you work with about like hey I'm not going to be able to get to this or hey can we move the recording I think that's why our business relationship has worked so well is instead of just leading each other on and being like oh yeah I definitely did that it's going well (laughs) (laughs) it's just the ability to say like hey I'm slammed today Um, I need to move this. Can we adjust the posting schedule and we'll go from there? Yeah. And I think that has made the difference in why we haven't had any fights. Yeah. (laughs) And also just being realistic about, like I said, the fact that both of us have lives outside of opera off stage that are also important to us. Yeah. So all that is to say is opera off stage isn't going anywhere. If anything, you're going to get more of us in the next year. And we're pretty excited. Oh, yeah. It is. It is funny, though. Uh, I have to I have to jump into this segment because like we said earlier, when you kind of put yourself into the role of being in content creation, it's (laughs) dealing with the public is always really funny. And you guys, I mean, I am just so happy with our audience. I really could not ask for just a better group of humans who listen to our podcast and engage with us it's just it brings us so much joy and then there are other people who kind of are on the fringes who I feel like very selectively engage with our content who have like very random takes and beef and Jesse and I always call each other and just kind of at the end of the day laugh but it's uh it's so funny seeing some of the hot takes so let's let's get into that some of you (laughs) Some of you crawl under my skin with your comments. <laughs> now, it, like I said, most of it does not apply to the people who listen to the podcast. Number one comment that just absolutely gets to me. Oh, I didn't know it was a podcast. <laughs> what do you mean? It's in our bio. It's the, the half of our posts are episode announcements that say, listen now. What do you mean you don't know it's a podcast? It drives me crazy because I just don't know how we could make it any more clear most of the time. And sometimes it pops up because we've recently posted memes and people saw the memes but didn't see the rest of it. But I'm like, how could how could we make it more clear for you? What can we do here? I know that really is just to a, help. a knife to my heart as as the marketing person behind <laughs> stage because we always have a good laugh i'm like i don't know if they're if they haven't caught on that we're a podcast i don't know how i can make it any more clear (laughs) and then then second to that one is the comment of somebody talking about something that is mentioned in the episode okay so this happened recently and like don't i i didn't take down the comment so don't don't anybody bother anybody about this because it's already resolved we made a gossip episode okay We titled it Gossip Episode because that's clickbait. I'll be straight up with you guys. It's better to say Gossip Episode because two reasons. Number one, we were talking very freely and we weren't doing heavy research that would go into, say, doing the news roundup. We were just chit-chatting about hot topics. And number two, because gossip pulls people in. It's a title that interests people. Somebody went in on us about this. And it was specifically about Placido Domingo. And they were saying, like, that's not gossip. That's a confirmed news story. 
it shouldn't be titled that way and everything. And I, I explained to them that the gossip is just a title and that we talk about the NPR article in the episode and everything. But it drives me crazy because that's not the first episode that's happened on where people comment stuff. And I don't know how to tell them like, hey, could you listen to the episode before you go in on us for an Instagram picture? <laughs> Please. Yeah. I beg of you. I promise. I promise the nuance is there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's it's really no beef. Like, you know, 90% of the time everything's everything's resolved and it's just like, oh, got it. Cool. But it's- yeah, I'm not mad at that person. It was just funny because I, I completely understand why gossip as a title would throw you for a confirmed news story. But I was I was like, it has less to do with the gossip and more with the fact that I'm not going to translate stuff from Spanish to talk about this. Yeah. And so it's it's always it's always funny. It's just a very interesting um, dynamic. And it's it's always just been kind of funny to see how people can get so upset over things that they also didn't do any research over and so it's just kind of interesting what brings out the worst in y'all is tiktoks and reels and the reason (laughs) for that is tiktoks and reels have a reach that's far beyond our audience so like our most popular reel has like forty thousand views and i'm sure it's more than that now but it's it means that it reaches people way outside of just our user base who don't know what we know they don't know who we are they don't know what we know but they don't know us you know and so it's uh, it's always funny to me when when people like assume people have bad intentions they assume the worst in i us know every single <laughs> time you don't even know us i promise that we're nice <laughs> this was also this just i mean honestly I, i'm not even upset by either of these it's just something that is so comical um, and I feel like any of our audience members who have maybe, you know, shared video content or made made funny stuff for just the sake of funny stuff. I'll never forget when we did our like that reel that went like baby viral, which was like so stupid, like literally just mindless content was the what I would feed you uh, based on your voice type. And just so many comments from from, um, you know, altos who were like so bent out of shape that they were excluded, not realizing that. Keep in like. mind, <laughs> this is so funny. we had Sopranos, Mezzo-Sopranos, and Contraltos on there. So regardless of where you fall in the alto section, you're pretty much covered. Mm-hmm. It's just that most of these people were coming from a choir background where those words weren't used. But it drove me straight up a wall looking at all the comments being like, and altos are ignored again. And I was like, no. <laughs> You're very much in here. When not only that, we covered, you know, a pretty decent spectrum. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because the minute someone isn't acknowledged in one of those or feels that they weren't properly acknowledged in one of those, there's there's no coming back from that. I know. And it was funny because somebody, I feel like somebody left a negative comment and then like commented on their comment and was like, oh, wait, just realize this is an opera account. Never mind. (laughs) Oh, no. Here. I actually took some screenshots. Because I was going back oh, through so them funny. today uh, in preparation for this. So uh, let me find the correct one. So the original commenter said, of course, missing out altos. And somebody below it says, babe, contralto is alto. Alto is a shortened name for it. I'm so sorry. Which also isn't quite correct because contralto is a very low voice part. So some altos would be contraltos, but not everyone would be. But whatever. 
Yeah. Um, and the person came back and says, don't be, yay, I wasn't missed. I'm just silly and stupid, and I just turn up and sing. That is all I know. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I vibe hard with I just show up and sing. I, I don't know what's happening right now. It was such a good energy. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? They brought the energy back, and that, that comment does make me laugh. Yeah, it is, it is so I'm funny. just silly and stupid. I just show up and sing. <laughs> Honestly. Vibes. Yeah. Just a great, great comeback. But it was just really funny. That's that's a very specific example. But sometimes, you know, things break out in the comment section and we're kind of like, should we address it? Do we stop it? And then it's kind of like, I feel like for that Alto comeback, it was just like comment after comment, notification after notification. And we just were like, whatever. They can, it, the, the stakes are so incredibly low <laughs> that we'll just let them run free. The first time that we ever really dealt with this was a different video though. One that we filmed in Content Cabin. And that was our Hot Composers TikTok. Mm-hmm. And it did very well. And we did make a mistake in it, okay? Because if you know anything about Michelle and I, we find Leonard Bernstein to be very attractive. And so he's in there and we're talking about it. And we accidentally called him the hottest composer alive. Bernstein is very much dead. <laughs> and we we joked about it. It's become an inside joke that Leonard Bernstein is the hottest composer unalive. Yeah. And at, is our running joke. That was not what everyone latched on to, hilariously. Uh, no, their main problem with it was that Leonard Bernstein was gay, which was insane to me because they're like, <laughs> don't you know that Bernstein is gay? First of all, yes, everyone and their mother knows that. Nobody is out of the loop on that. Second of all, what does that have to do with him being attractive? It's so funny. He's also dead. Yeah. I'm not, I, I wasn't going to date him. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen for me anyway. That would be like looking at me and being like, don't you know that Pedro Pascal is, you know, 20 years older than you and a famous? Yes, he's still attractive. It's just, it was really funny because people were like, it's once again, that same thing. Comment after comment, notification after notification. And Jesse and I were just like, what a, what a whack take. The people in our TikTok yeah, comments sorry, really Bernstein said. Yeah, sorry, was gay. Yeah, the and that means I can't appreciate his figure? What does this have to do with anything? You can't find him attractive because he wouldn't be attracted to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the people in our TikTok comments really said gay people not attractive. And we were like, that's 100% false. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Crazy. Um, it was just really funny. But I went back there today and I found another one. Uh, that just also made me laugh, which was somebody goes, yeah, I also wouldn't call him classical. So funny. And I was like, what? And they go, yeah, classical is a time period, not the style of music. And I was like, you need a music history class. <laughs> I see what they were trying Here's to get a fun out. Fact. It's also like, come on, man. <laughs> yes, he's not from the classical era, but also neither is Yo-Yo Ma. I don't know what category you'd put him in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate to tell you this, there, there's big C classical and little C classical. Yeah, it's it's so good. I mean, we, we, we jokingly complain about all of this because at the end of the day, most of it is really quite funny. And it's not a joke. You're really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm messing with you. But it is funny because I do. I get irate for like half a second. I don't respond to most of these and I don't delete anything unless it's actually abusive. But it is funny. And. Oh, do you mind if I transition into something? Yeah. But I, I think it brings up to one of like the big lessons that being online and being, you know, out there with information that can be corrected and all of that, which is to never take yourself too seriously. As much as like I have an education and blah, 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 
like the reality is is that some days I'm just gonna be wrong. I I mispronounced Ethel Smythe on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I we accidentally said Lennon so I was alive. There are tons of little things that we will be wrong about all the time. I said uh, Chicago Lyric instead of uh, Chicago Opera Theater. <laughs> Love it. And you have to just swallow your ego and be willing to learn and also be willing to just be goofy. For example, like I said, we could have gone deep into those comments and been like, actually, actually, actually. And you know what? It was better to just let it play out, let it happen and not sweat it. You can't let the little stuff get to you. So I think overall... You know, it also taught me that, like, being wrong or being criticized isn't the end of the world. Because I feel like the internet's a very daunting place. Yeah, it's also, like, you get a a tough skin and you kind of end up coming to the realization that there are a lot of people on the internet, because they're on the internet, feel like they can say whatever they want to say. Whether it's somebody leaving an obscene comment, uh, upset about something that, you know, would have been resolved had they just listened to the episode or just whatever it might be every once in a while. But you realize that like those are the people who you don't need to accept criticism for because not only do you not know them and not only have they not taken the time to engage, but also because, you know, they don't have your best interest in mind anyways. So it's not worth the energy or strife. And we've got some very real criticism. Uh, Our Ukraine episode did get like a real critique from somebody who I just fundamentally and philosophically disagreed with about artists and their role in the world. And that's okay. You learn to agree to disagree with people. Like I said, I think it has all made us stronger. But I also think that the strong point, the reason that Opera Offstage is continuing, even after Michelle and I both reached a point in our lives where we were like, have we hit the end stage of this? And that is because we leaned back on what made us want to be here in the first place, which was very honestly growing with our audience. Stepping back from the idea of just being in a pure leadership role and being more in a community. Mm -hmm. And sharing what we're learning without being an authority. Yeah. We young artists and young musicians really need to have one one another's backs. And I think that's what's really at the heart of opera offstage and you know like like jesse said we're not really trying to be leaders in this space we're not really trying to be you know tight-knit journalists or you know telling people what we think is the way way to think that's really what we're not not what we're trying to accomplish we're just you know in the process of learning ourselves we're also young musicians who are are navigating this career who have you know learned things along the way and have learned to unlearn things along the way and um you know, I think that a lot of our audience has been along the ride with us and have been equally helpful sharing kind of what works and what doesn't work for them. And it's been a really nice time. Um, the community aspect is really the whole point of Opera Offstage. Yeah, I am so excited to see where Opera Offstage heads next. You know, I feel like we've made it through our difficult teenage year. <laughs> And we're excited to enter a new phase with a new sense of purpose. And all of that being said, uh, as much as I just lambasted our audience and their comments, <laughs> I we do want to hear from you guys. What have you loved over the past couple of years? What do you want us to bring back? What do you would you like to see more of? We are, you know, as we continue to restructure, there's lots of room for growth and lots of room for understanding. So... Let us know. Let us know your favorite episodes, the the things you wish we continued to do, you know. Heck yeah. Well, you guys, 
it goes without saying that we couldn't do any of this without you and your support. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being with us on this crazy journey during our ups and downs, um, you know, bearing with us as we literally learn this medium <laughs> from nothing. Um, it, it, it really has just been something that I think has been really helpful and healing just about music in general for, for Jesse and I. And so, um, you know, we hope you'll stick with us. And like we said, we're, we're always open to, to comments, critiques, um, things that you want to see, what you want to get out of opera offstage. We are like little sponges. So definitely share what you guys want. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Opera Offstage. We're on Discord. The link is in our bio to join that. That's really fun. We have like over 80 um, young musicians. We share lots of fun stuff and have lots of really great conversations. Yeah, guys, 100 episodes. Crazy. Nuts. Nuts. Well, we'll see you over the next 100. <laughs> and hopefully this time it'll take two years and not three. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.